all the drama, none of the satisfaction. Just a dull, numb feeling as the Packers tie the Vikings 29-29. to In a game that saw Vikings rookie kicker Daniel Carlson go 0 for 3, missing not one but two overtime field goal attempts. He was released this week, by the way. What a strange couple of weeks of Packers football to start the season. You are listening to the APC podcast from SB Nation and acmepackingcompany.com, coming to you from the Craig Newmark School of Journalism at the City University of New York City. Shout out to Chad Bernhard at the board, making us sound better than we have any right to sound. I am Zach Rapport, uh, talking more than usual on behalf of Alex Patakis, who is listed as out for the podcast, pending some, some bed rest. And I'm joined by none other than Ben Foldy. Hey, Ben. None other. None other. Literally, none other. That's true. There's none other. How's it going? <laughs> It's going good. You're looking very dapper today in this button down. Thank you. Brings out my eyes. A little damp, though. It's kind of a crappy day here in New York. It's definitely damp. <laughs> uh, you watched the game with Alex. You were you were at the bar. Is that right? I did. It was there were no brats. It was a big disappointment. Really? Yeah. Well, there were like 10 of them and I was not in the room when they were brought out. So there were no brats for me and most people there. Gotcha. It's truly, huh. truly disappointing. Huh. And the beers are more expensive. People, there was, there's dissension in the ranks. You know what else is disappointing is ties in professional football. You think? Well, I want to get your opinion before we share our notable nuggets. Can I get a tie take? How do you feel about ties in the NFL? I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm usually on, like, Team Chaos, and, I, and Team Chaos kind of won the day in that one. I mean, I like Team Chaos, but I like, you know— the Packers to not be involved in the storm. I, but I don't, I don't feel the way I would have felt after a loss. You, you don't? Okay. No. And, I, and I, I kind of appreciate that, that third option, that third way. I, I, don't, I mean, what, do you, what would you rather happen? I don't know. They, well, it used to be sudden death, right? Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. And that was not fair or good. I think, I think the way it is now is basically what it should be. As much as possible. I, I agree in so much as I think that the, the changes that they made with each each team getting a chance mm-hmm. makes it uh, more of a fair contest. But it is just kind of this weird, empty feeling at the end of a game when it, when it is a tie. I mean, for me, I don't have a weird, empty feeling because I thought they would lose that game. That's so true. So for me, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and slightly heartened, mad at the refs. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that was the worst outcome. I mean, by definition, it was not the worst outcome, <laughs> and it wasn't the best outcome. It just was an outcome, and I'm kind of okay with that. Before we move on to Note Nugs, follow the show at the APC Pod on Twitter. Got to get those promo notes out at Ben Foldy, at Zach Rapport, at Alex Patakis, who is not here to defend himself. We are talking memes, politics, football, all, all the live long day. Follow us there and uh, subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating. And now we move to hashtag note nugs, notable nuggets. Ben Foldy coming out of this game. Give me a note nug. I, I guess it's the diversity or the, the, the many mouths to feed in the, in the uh, passing game for the Packers. And I don't think anybody got above 100 yards. Jimmy Graham almost got above 100 yards. Yeah, and Jimmy Graham had the least memorable catches. There was one memorable catch in overtime, but like none of those chunk of plays really kind of stood out other than that one. You know, Devontae had eight, eight receptions for 64 yards for a beautifully square average of eight yards per attempt. Nobody had a, an, uh, yards per attempt above 11, except for Jimmy Graham. And Geron- even Geronimo's targets weren't that deep. Six for 64 yards. So, 
you know, I think in a lot of ways we saw what we all said last week that we wanted to see with like quick slants and and short range passing and and getting the ball out quick. Um, and and by and large, it worked for the majority of the game. Pretty successful against arguably the best defense in the league. Yeah. Honestly, I don't really have anything to criticize in the offensive side of the ball um, in the game calling department. Yeah, just a couple of just things didn't go exactly as they as they needed to go down the stretch. A couple of plays at the end of the game that you might like to have back. I mean, there were a few. There was like there was the weird bobbled snap keep that Rodgers did. Um, But that, I think, is just kind of attributable to the fact that he's probably on painkillers in this game. And he would he would deny that. Yeah. Well, he, you know. (laughs) When's the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers forget that he didn't have any timeouts? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I thought about that today, actually. That is very uncharacteristic. Yeah. I mean, like, and I don't care if he, like, and I don't see it as like a weakness if he's either. on goofballs and cortisone, cortisol shots. His thing, he came out and said, he said specifically, I don't believe in opioid pain medications. Sure. Maybe, maybe CBD on... oil all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and whatever. I mean, whatever the case may be, maybe it's just pain is distracting. That's a totally plausible excuse. I think, by and large, from a coaching perspective, that was actually a pretty well-coached game for both teams. And, and that's actually why I'm not that upset about the tie. I don't yeah. feel like it was... It's not an unfair representation of most of the game. I think the refs were more implicated than they should have been, which is not a particularly controversial opinion going into this week. I think the offensive game plan was solid. I think the Packers overperformed relative to my expectations yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, those are my. That's my notablest nugget. Is the kind of um, you know one mama bird feeding you know five receivers with one worm essentially. I love that image. Yeah, that's good stuff. So my most notable of the of the nugs on the screen in front of me is secondary starters good, secondary depth probably not so good. <laughs> I mean, are we only are, are you are you specifically talking about Devon House? Well, look, I I have to lighten up on Devon House because I I I, I called him washed. Uh, I called that long TD to Diggs automatic, but Mike McCarthy uh, today uh, or yesterday, I don't remember, confirming that there there should have been safety help. Yeah, on that Kentrell play, Bryce was looking the wrong side yeah, of the field, and that that help wasn't there. I mean, you were cautiously optimistic about the secondary going into the season. So what's your take? I like what I've seen for the most part. I thought that, you know, they gave, did they give up a lot of yards? Yeah. Did they give up most of those yards in the fourth quarter on, you know, chunk plays that wouldn't have happened? A, not in kind of a weird garbage time catch-up mode, and B, not had uh, Jair Alexander been able to end the game the way that he should have. Um, I mean, I, I can't remember. More on that in a second. <laughs> yeah, what's the stat breakdown after that? Um, somebody tweeted that today. I mean, he ended with, uh, Cousins ended with like 400-some yards passing, and before that it was... Yeah, I think if, if that interception had stood, it would have been something like 230, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and instead it was like 430, uh, four touchdowns, one interception. So, you know, a defense can only give you so many chances to win a game as as the uh, Chicago Bears come close to showing us every week. But I actually think that the Packers, for the most part, gave the defense gave them many chances to win that game. And the refs took it away as much as anybody. I hate I hate to be that guy, but the, the refs really did screw it up this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. So I think that is a, a fine transition into talking about the, the Clay Matthews penalty that really changed 
the trajectory of the of the end of this game. We're not going to say anything here that hasn't already been said. The takes the takes been taken already. But what's what's your opinion on this? Is that like do you think that's a penalty? I don't think it's a penalty. I, I do think that it was called somewhat consistently for both teams. Like they Vikings got a roughing the passer on something that was kind of negligible as well. I agree with that. In, in a the, much lower leverage situation, yeah. which is annoying. In the context of this game, yes, but there were there were images going around of like uh the Jaguars on Brady and other games yeah, yeah. across the well, league and where I think, that was not called and it looked way worse. I think what actually the biggest play to talk about relative to the Matthews one is earlier in the game when Mike Daniels was a, like <laughs> totally lined up and and could have smashed Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins pantomimed throwing the ball so convincingly that Daniels literally let him go and like just kind of like, two-hand touched him. He looked like, and I think I texted this to you guys during the game, he looked like a malfunctioning Madden character. Yeah. He just and, stopped. And to me, what that says is that the NFL needs to solve this problem, and I, in the way that that play panned out makes me think that the smartest thing to do is wrap up the QB and have the ref blow for forward progress at that moment yeah. if he hasn't gotten rid of the ball. For for all the teaching tape that the NFL likes to throw out there about the ways in which you are not supposed to attack the quarterback, yeah, I've yet to see the film reel from the league that says when the quarterback is still in the pocket, this is how you acceptably. I don't. It it doesn't exist. I honestly think that's the only like for the NFL to to kind of have its cake and eat it too on this. They need to blow the play dead when the QB is wrapped up and and like football. Yeah, which is I mean which. People will complain about, and yeah. I I don't think the NFL actually wants that. But if if the NFL wants to both protect quarterbacks, which yeah. it does, like you know their franchise oh, no, defining they wanna, players, they want to protect all players. Um, they want it to protect all the brains on the field. Yeah, I don't think it's unique. I, somebody pointed out that I'm being sarcastic. Uh, this, obviously, this week had the highest passing yardage ever yeah. per game, like yeah. the average of passing yard. And so I don't think it's crazy that protecting QBs and also protecting wide receivers more with you know, hits the head and stuff like that, defenseless yeah. receiver the, stuff. The league being concerned with CTE and head injuries is, at best, very disingenuous. And the, the, the rules that they're changing are focused on, of course, the star players, the players that are on camera the most. What rules have they changed for the offensive line, the running backs, the people who are getting those sub-concussive hits, you know, to the head 40 times, 40 times a Sunday? Yeah. Not changing any of those rules. Now this rant is just spiraling into frustration. It really has. Yeah, I mean, I, it was definitely frustrating in this case. I don't really know. If if the league's already doubling down, I don't see how it ends in a way that that isn't. Like, I actually think that the, the play everybody should be talking about is the Daniels play. Like, that one yeah, is more yeah. like, okay, something has changed. Yeah. And, like, players are you know, consciously or or even unconsciously yeah. trying to avoid these types of penalties, which I think is probably good. You hear defensive players all the time uh, recently saying, like, they want us to, you know, like, make all these calculations and change our trajectory, like, mid-stride mid, like mid stride going yeah. full speed. That's what that looks like. That Daniels play, that's what that looks like. Yeah. You just stop. You stand up and you stop. And it looks very strange. Yeah, it looks strange. It looks bizarre. Um but I do, th- I mean, there's another thing, too, is that, that that play combined with, I mean, Clay Matthews being Clay Matthews and tackling somebody he should or should not is not new. But that play and the Kentrell Bryce 
changing his trajectory on the touchdown to Thielen at the end of the game both make me think that the Packers are actually probably being coached very well yeah. to try to avoid dumb penalties yeah. and maybe too well, but also in a kind of undefined environment early season where a lot of rules are changing, I think it's probably best to err on the side of caution. Yeah. At the same time, when you've got the players after the game saying, I don't know what to do differently, and then the coaches say, I don't know what to coach yeah. differently, and then former refs come out and say, I don't agree with that at all. It's just yeah. a, it's a hot mess. I mean, it's 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 shocker. The NFL has <laughs> screwed up at an institutional level. Breaking news. Why don't we talk about Kirk Cousins? This is the first time that we've seen Kirk Cousins in this rival. It was his rivalry debut. And, uh, you know, we're talking, uh, transitioning off this, this, this Matthews penalty. I think that Cousins played very well, but I think the stat sheet looks a lot different if, if, that, if that call is not, is not a penalty. Because yeah. then you've got, then it's, you know, you've got two picks late in the game. The narrative is Cousins couldn't deliver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, his stats overperform his actual performance, yeah. I think. Ends the game with a 118.8 quarterback rating, 72.9% completion, 425 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Again, one massive bailout from the refs. I think that our guest last week, Arif Hassan, follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. I think his assessment of Kirk Cousins was pretty spot on, which is that he has been someone who, over the course of his career, has demonstrated that he will play to the level of those around him, occasionally exceeding them. And the players around him are Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. Vikings are stacked, man. Yeah. And I mean, also, you know, just like you wouldn't necessarily say, I, mean, I think Rodgers did a lot of the hard heavy lifting on against Chicago in week one, but not necessarily, you know, on the Cobb touchdown. You know, you wouldn't like look at his yardage show and be like, oh, it's like, I mean, Diggs gave him 75 yards of of free offense on free, that free um, real estate. Yeah, and and so I mean he is he does he is probably throwing to the best one two punch maybe Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster, but on that level, and he's he's good, but he's not. I I'm, I didn't see anything that makes me think that the Packers can't win this division because Kirk Cousins is unstoppable. Hey, sports fans! Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Well, everyone wants to compare QBs, so let's talk about Rodgers for a second. How did Rodgers look to you coming out with that sort of uh, bionic, the, the blue steel uh, brace around his leg? Did you see that? He had the, like a label maker and said blue steel. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Um, <laughs> I thought he looked fine. I don't think he looked like transcendental. Um, I think he followed, he had a plan. He followed it. He kept him in the game. 
Gimpy Rogers is worth almost any other. You know, there's not a lot of QBs I would take over Gimpy Rogers. One hundred percent. And so, and I think honestly, too, Aaron Jones, I think will help coming back. Yeah. Um, just kind of diversify the looks. And speaking of that, I mean, I think this is also the first game where we really saw the Jimmy Graham. Aaron Rodgers connection. Yes. And uh Yes, as it was foretold by me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Go for, but foretell it more. 6 catches, 95 yards. Uh, you mentioned a, a long of 37 yards, I think. And um I guess I I described this game uh as Jimmy Graham kind of busts out question mark. Yeah. Um or at least they're on the page. Yeah, I was impressed. You know, I I, I don't mean to sort of derail this before it even gets started, but Mercedes Lewis, not on the field as much as you think he would be. Rather, um, they chose to go with Kendricks, I think, in a lot of situations. I don't know if they, they just prefer his hands on on some plays, but uh, I was really surprised by that, especially with a Gimpy Rogers back there. Yeah, I don't I don't have any insight. I don't honestly You don't? I don't know why. <laughs> I would I would have Mercedes Lewis in A because he's not his hands are fine. Yeah. And B because he's a great blocking tight end yeah. and but I would maybe that's another thing that'll change a little with Aaron Jones and yeah. more weird looks coming out of the backfield and two tight end sets. I think also they haven't been in the red zone very much. And I think Mercedes Lewis might come more into play when they're in these kind of shorter, shorter field situations. Yeah, but we saw a number of multiple tight end sets and back to Jimmy Graham. I was excited to see them get him going again between the red zones. Uh, that was an exciting development, something that has yeah, he definitely helped him stretch stretch the field. Speaking of pass blockers, Jamal Williams, I think, continued to flash in this game, and we all know he's great, a great pass blocker. You know, we'll talk about Aaron Jones later, but with a vulnerable Aaron Rodgers, you have to think that Mike McCarthy uh, is thinking about pass protection when he come when it comes to dividing up the running back snaps going forward. I, I do accept that. I also think that I saw more from Ty Montgomery as a pass blocker in this game than I had expected. And there was, I can't remember the play, but there was specifically one where I was like, wow, was that Jamal Williams thinking that that blitz pickup was really good? Yeah. And it was it was uh, Ty Montgomery. So I think he also seems to have improved quite a bit as a blocker. But you'll never hear me say a bad word about Jamal Williams either. Yeah, all right. One last topic here, I think, before uh, we are on to Washington, and that was your boy, J.K. Scott. Big what, game. What about him? Give me a punt-by-punt punt breakdown, my man. I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, I remember most of the punts being good. I actually... Five tremendous punts, including one that flipped field position from, I have here, the Green Bay 18 to the Minnesota 19. That's pretty baller. Amazing. That's great. I mean, it's I. but the problem is I watched the Seahawks last night, and yeah. every time I watch the Seahawks, I'm amazed at their, at their guy. You have punter envy. I mean, their guy's amazing. Have you seen him? Yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. And he and he puts spin on the ball so it like hits and spirals to the side. Like it's it's incredible stuff. As Donald Rumsfeld and he once did a, said, he you did don't a, go to war with the army you want. It's true. You go to war with the army with you the punter, have. With the punter you have. Um but he did a drop kick kickoff last night too. But no, JK JK Scott That was that was badass. JK Scott had a great game. Special teams in general, for the most part, had a really good game. Yeah, wait, let's shout out Geronimo Allison real quick. Yeah. No, I think uh honestly. All things considered, I think that was a pretty good game for the Packers. Yeah. And I think if you're coming away from that game less confident about this team, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah. 
I, I agree. And if, if we, I mean, you, I think you and, and Alex are, are good on the show with thinking of things, uh, being a little bit more pragmatic than me, I bring the green and gold glasses, but if you take off the green and gold glasses, the Packers were supposed to lose this game. Yeah, they should they have lost. Not, they did not lose this and game. And not only did they not lose, they should have won. Like the way that things went down on the field, they should have won. And yeah. you can you can wring your hands about um, you know, them giving up 22 points in the fourth quarter. And sure, I think like they have things to fix. There's no doubt about that. But even still, again, it was not one of those days where I was like, oh my God, look at the secondary breakdown entirely. And like nobody knows where they're supposed to be. Yeah. It, I did not have that sense. I did not have the sense that uh, Jair Alexander ever felt overmatched. I did not have the sense that players were frustrated uh, when the game was on the line. Isn't it weird to, he- to head into a-, a series where the defense is on the field thinking, uh, we need to get a stop here, and-, and thinking we could actually get that stop? Yeah. No, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's something to be said for... I, th- I think that the team is is taking confidence from its defense. and. That's a new, I, I mean, I don't, I can't say what it was like to be on the Packers for the last couple of seasons, but I can say what it's like as a fan. It's a new feeling for me to be somewhat confident that they will generate pressure and, you know, or a turnover. It's a new era of although, watchable defense. Although to be said, you know, I think people are rightly pointing out concerns with generating pressure off the edge. Yes. And, but I also think Reggie Gilbert's great and we should see more Reggie Gilbert. Uh, I mean, he's the best pass rusher on the team right now. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, anywho, let's uh, look ahead as we do to the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Packers head to Washington this Sunday. Washington's one and one coming off a 21 to nine loss to the Colts. What do you think of this game? I think Vegas is a little crazy, honestly. Yeah, they have the right now. Is it uh, it's Washington plus three? Yeah, I think home? that's a bad call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they beat the crap out of the Cardinals, who suck, who are, like, truly awful. Really bad. And had zero ingenuity on play calling. Like, did, you know, we've seen the Washington, the, the Arizona Cardinals this season. The Arizona Cardinals are not good. And they lost to a Colts team that is meh, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't understand what Vegas sees. I mean, yeah, sure, they're at home, but I just don't understand why they would be favored. Maybe they think Adrian Peterson is going to conjure up some sort of like past magic against the. He's I'm not worried about Peterson at all because well. he can't catch the ball. Um, one thing, I mean, so what worries me about Washington, and this is, I, I, I feel like this is going to be something I say multiple weeks until he's back, is that this is going to be a game where the Packers wish they had Oren Burks. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, their their leading receiver is Chris Thompson, and outside of that, you got Jordan Reed. Yep. Um, like that soft middle is going to be where you want the you need speed that guys. Fast, rangy linebacker. So, to with all that said, I think this could be a good. This is a good game if Josh Jones wants to show up and play a good football game and get everybody excited about he him says again. He'll be back. This is a good chance for him to do that. And I don't know where Brooks is in his injury schedule, but yeah, I think so. If Jones is back, that is good. It's not a game where I'm super worried about the kind of meh linebacker core as much as I, as long as the safeties, you know, are are confident and playing with an edge. Yeah. So I I don't like. I'm maybe I'm skipping ahead, but my prediction is that the Packers win this game, um, and I don't see why they wouldn't. 
But so based on that line, you're you're putting money down. No, I'm, I mean I'm not, but I I would if I if that were something I did with with regularity. If I were a betting man, yeah, I I just I don't understand why why the the it makes Washington no sense to me. I mean, okay, Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, Jordan Reed, uh, these are all fine players. Yeah, but. Minnesota Vikings are much better much, than all of these. Much better. And, and, I, and I guess the Packers were at home then, but... Yeah, but that's not, like... there was big, That yeah. was a fluky game to, yeah. to move a line on. And uh, I mean, I, this Washington team is a team that is so impotent on offense that they signed both Michael Floyd and Rashad Perriman, like, yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet they're both going to get playing time because they I have actually, nobody. But I actually like some of their... Like, I like... Paul Richardson, I think he's a fine receiver, but I don't, yeah, there's nothing about that offense that screams like, ooh, scary. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I honestly don't understand why. Yeah, why their, their defense is, has played actually pretty well so far after two games, but it's two games in, and the Packers are just coming off of uh, solid performances against Chicago, good defense. Great and, defense. And the Vikings, the best defense, yeah. basically. So, I mean, I, I, I'm right there with and you. And we'll have Aaron Jones back and should hopefully have a whole game of Kevin King, but who knows? Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, Aaron Jones earlier, but uh, how excited are you for him to come back into the lineup? I'm excited to have his versatility added to the offense, and I think he's a home run hitter that they lack. But at the same time, I, I'm unsure how they're going to split those snaps. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know how much of the field he's actually going to see. Yeah, when you're, um, when you're talking about a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands, Aaron Jones is the guy to go to. But if I can ask you for fantasy advice, I've got Jamal Williams on my team. Do I, I bench have, him? I have Jamal Williams in both my leagues, and I would not start him. No. The question is, do you pick up Jones and drop Williams? I can't. It's a it's an APC league, so uh, someone's got Jones not, for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am debating dropping Williams and picking up Jones. Uh, but honestly, I don't. I I don't know if either of them are really like startable yeah. for the next couple of yeah. weeks until you know how that shakes out. I apologize to the listeners for our brief segue to uh, Fantasy Avenue. Yeah, but nobody we're... nobody cares about your fantasy team. <laughs> um, but we're we're back on track here. The other question mark is Kevin King. We don't know if he'll play. He goes out in in the game against the Vikings, and obviously that was a a big deal. Really led to I think kind of the turning of the tides. We don't really know anything about Kevin King yet, do we? Nope. As we record this on Tuesday night he's someone who is is always getting nicked up and i think it's it's really kind of preventing fans from getting to see him reach his full potential and that's a shame yep he's gonna be good well you alluded to it a little bit but uh, can i get a, a straight up prediction for this game i will take the packers to cover because vegas is dumb <laughs> easy now they'll have a football team next year it's true. I, uh, a I will... dumb football team. Yeah, it's true. Have you seen them? <laughs> a super dumb football team. Yeah, the team. dumbest. Oh, my goodness. Listen, Packers fans, it could always be worse. It can always be worse. Um, I, too, will take the, the Packers. I will take them to cover. And I don't think we actually got a pick out of uh, Mr. Sick Day, Alex Patakis. Uh, he probably thinks the Packers will win. I don't know about <laughs> he covering. Probably, he probably thinks they'll win. Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't. All right, so you heard it here first, folks. The APC pod crew sweeping, sweeping votes for the Packers here against the Washington football team. All right. And before we go, let's get an update on the APC podcast listener pick'em league after two weeks. 
Nicholas Price shooting out to first place. Glenn Hintz is in second. Three is Matt. Oh, I already forgot how we agreed to pronounce this name. Voidovich. Um, uh, Vo- Voidovich. Voidovich. And and Matt, if you're on Twitter, get at us at the APC Pod and correct us because I'm sure we butchered that. In fourth place, APC's own Mike Veith representing the blog in the top five. And in fifth place, it's Matthew Cook. Ben, you and I are tied in 26th place. And Alex is bringing up the rear in 31st. If you do want in on the listener pick still, people are, you know, they, they, they come and go. You could probably get in in the, th- in the third or, or even the fourth week and still have a good time with it. It is free. Get at us on Twitter at the APC pod. We'll DM. We'll get your email address. We'll get you signed up. There is a free prize to be named later for the top placing listener. I think that's going to do it. Ben, any closing thoughts here as we head into Washington? Uh, no. <laughs> Go Packers. Go Packers. All right. For Alex Patakis, for Ben Foldy, for Tex Western and the whole APC crew, I'm Zach Rapport. Follow the show on Twitter at the APC pod. Give us a rating on iTunes. Subscribe. All that stuff. We'll see you next week. Go Packers. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.